0: Blog Talk Radio. And welcome to this installment of the Pittsburgh Steelers Morning Broadcast. My name is Brian Diardo. Got a great show for you. Uh on the slate today, uh we're hoping that uh you're excited for your Friday and you're ready uh for the weekend. Spring is almost here and you know, you got all the cookouts and all all the summer movies and all that good stuff ahead of us. And, and uh, most importantly, because uh we you're listening to a Steelers podcast, Steelers football, always news, and uh, that 2016 season will be here before uh, we know it. I mean, it's already been almost two months since the Steelers' last game against Denver in the playoffs, almost two months since the Steelers' last win the week before that when they beat the Bengals in the wild card round. And uh, on our last podcast, we talked about the most recent happenings of the black and gold. Uh, They just finished up the NFL Combine uh, earlier this week. Uh, They met with a slew of talented players and prospects ranging from uh, one quarterback that we know of to uh, some safeties, some obviously tons of cornerbacks this team talked to. And some of those interviews are, are just breaking out even today. Uh, Eli Apple, Ohio State uh, standout cornerback that's uh, expected to be one of the top three cornerbacks taken in the 2016 draft. Steelers spoke with him. That news came out yesterday and was published on our website, Pittsburgh Steelers on twenty four seven sports yesterday. So the Combine's done and just like that, next week we've got the start of free agency. Uh and five days from Friday, so that's Wednesday, next Wednesday, six days from now, the NFL Combine uh will begin I'm sorry, the NFL free agency season will begin. Um that that's kind of where we wanted to start uh the Steelers Morning podcast today with the newest and latest Steelers news. Uh, Regarding free agency, Um, the Steelers have 18 uh, unrestricted free agents as of now. That can always change. The Steelers had 19 at the end of the season, and the Steelers have only signed one of their own free agents since the end of the season, and they did it pretty quick. Uh, They signed Ross Cockrell to a a contract extension. I believe it was only one year um, after he signed a one-year deal just before the start of the regular season. Remember, the Steelers had all those – uh, injuries, uh, Sanquez Golson, uh, Cortez Allen. So just like that, the Steelers were down to, you know, Brandon Boykin uh, and William Gay, really. And that was really it in terms of, you know, who they could really play uh, uh, at length at the start of the 2015 season. The team, as you all know at this point, just didn't have the confidence in Boykin. He also dealt with a groin injury at the start of the season. So, you know, it just, it just didn't start out well for him. He's also one of those free agents. So some news came out today on ESPN or last night, excuse me, on ESPN about uh, what the Steelers might do with their offensive line. Obviously, cornerback Steelers have some 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 issues, not issues, but they've got some some decisions they need to make. Uh, one thing that came out earlier this week was that the team is going to plan on keeping William Gay. This is all coming from ESPN Steelers insider Jimmy Fowler, who is pretty uh, close to the team. He he's pretty much there throughout the season, along with covering a couple other uh, AFC North teams. And he's saying that the team will uh, try to keep William Gay. Again, the, the thing, the nice thing about the Steelers, they don't have many high-priced free agents. Kelvin Beacham is really the only one, and we'll get to him in a little bit. Um, he's actually kind of the big story of this podcast, really. Um, so Fowler of ESPN says the Steelers are going to probably keep Gay, and they're going to let Will Allen go. We talked about that on Wednesday's podcast. Um, Allen had a good season. Heck, he had that nice interception against the Rams to get the Steelers uh, their second win of the season. Missed three games with injury. Um, Robert Golden came in and played well. He is also a free agent. But the Steelers are probably going to part with Allen. So you know the Steelers are going to be in the market, either in the free agency circuit, uh, maybe Eric Weddle, or going via the draft to get their new safety. But regardless, it's pretty safe to say the Steelers will have a new, strong safety uh, going into the 2015 season, are 16, rather, they still haven't found anybody to, to, to truly replace Palamalu. If Will Allen was was 23 and not 33, Will Allen's the guy. I don't think there's any question, um, even if he was
1: 30,
0: 31. But in the fact that he had some injury issues last year, the fact that he's going to be turning 34, uh, I think the Steelers just, you know, how many more years are you going to have him personally? I don't know. Uh, I, I just they do need an upgrade. I don't think Allen played bad. As I just said, he made some nice plays for the team last year. But they they, they need a ball hawker. They need a difference maker. I think Allen is a solid player. I think again, if he was younger and had potential to get better, uh, the team would definitely keep him. But I think this is as good as well it's going to be. He's solid, unspectacular, makes some nice plays, but in large, isn't a game uh, game changer. And I think the Steelers. I mean, you saw with Paul Moulton. How many games did he win? How many championships did he have a firm imprint on? Whether or not the Steelers won those championships, won those games. So the Steelers they want that presence again, and I uh, definitely want somebody. I'm sure that's going to help and run support. So definitely look for the Steelers, and I can see Steelers fans getting upset. But definitely look for the Steelers. They might get a safety in the first round. I don't think they will, uh, but you know, I don't. I don't see the Steelers moving up from their 25th pick. They, they you know, they really don't do a lot of that. I know offhand one of the most recent times they moved up was to get to Antonio Holmes the year after they won the Super Bowl. They moved up a few spots and got him. I want to say it was the 25th pick. That's where they stand today, 10 years later, the 25th pick. So, you know, I, I think they're saying Jalen Ramsey of Florida State's going to go in the top five. Eli Apple, who spoke with the Steelers, uh, they think he's going to go 14th to the Raiders. I saw that on ESPN and, and their recent mock draft. Um, he actually jumped Mackenzie Alexander of Clemson because Alexander is dealing with a hamstring injury, and he did not in the combine didn't do any drills or anything. Appleton did really well. I think this is a blessing in disguise for the Steelers. I'm going to be honest. I'm an OSU graduate, OSU alumni. I was there when Florida beat him in all those championship games. Unfortunately, but I think Mackenzie Alexander is going to be the better player. I think he's thicker. He's a physical player. Um, he, he he just has, you know, some he has a lot of vibrant energy like when you see him out on the field. And Clemson athletes, I mean heck, look at Davis Bryant. Clemson athletes, kinda like OSU athletes, they do well in the NFL in the last couple of years. I mean, they're doing things down there in Clemson. They're recruiting well, they're getting athletes, they're doing you know, well in their in their conference and on the national scene when they're you know, they almost beat Alabama for the national title this year. Clemson's got some ball players and I think Mackenzie is one of them. Uh and that's the thing with the combine; these things happen. Uh, you know, uh, Joey Bosa didn't have a good combine. Sometimes I, I wonder if he's thinking, man, hey, maybe I just shouldn't have done it. Because you know, at the end of the day, like I don't know what a, shuffle, what a good shuffle time is. I, I have an idea of one. You know, uh, there's a lot of athletes that didn't have good 40 yard dash times. Um, I mean, some athletes like uh, you know, Dry Archer had a great 40 yard dash time. What did he do for the Steelers? You can argue that, that Archer wasn't given a fair shake, but in large. His 40-yard dash time didn't help him do anything for the Steelers, enough for the Steelers to keep him. Um, I think the Steelers pulled the trigger on him prematurely last season, uh, especially because they didn't seem to have a good game plan in place after they got rid of him. They just brought in Jacoby Jones, but I digress. We've already been over that at length during the season, but it just comes to show you that, that you know, who knows? Why should someone be uh, docked? status in the draft because they didn't compete in the combine. I don't I don't understand that. And that seems to be the case with Alexander. I mean, he was, you know, when I wrote about him on our website uh, earlier in the month and last month, a lot of Steelers fans rightfully and correctly said we probably won't get him because he's not going to be around for the 25th pick. He was he was slated as the number two cornerback in the draft. But the fact that he didn't compete in the combine means that he's gonna, he might fall right into the Steelers' lap. I mean, that, to me, is the ideal situation for the Steelers. Don't move up. Don't lose any more draft picks. Sit back and see where the cards lie. There's a, one, there's a there's a very high chance that the Steelers are going to get the third cornerback in the NFL draft, and it's going to be either Apple or McKenzie. I think it's just, it's just come down to that, the way it lines up now. Uh, I don't think any other teams have great needs of cornerbacks ahead of the Steelers, more than two teams. There's three, really, I, from what I'm seeing, there's three cornerbacks that kind of just stand out. And there's lots of good uh, safeties out there. So if the Steelers don't get one of those cornerbacks, they're going to go safety. Uh, you know, unless they hear from another team that's drafting 20th, hey, we might take Alexander or Apple. Are you willing to trade or do something like that? So you never know. I wouldn't be shocked if the Steelers it up. It just depends on how desperate they are to get a cornerback. I don't think the Steelers are as, uh, you know, panicky about – Getting a cornerback, as I think fans would think, especially when you look at, I think the Steelers' issues uh, in the secondary are a little overrated. Um, how many games last year did the Steelers' secondary solely cause them to lose? Uh, the Baltimore game, but the Steelers' offense wasn't that crisp, so you can't solely blame it on Pittsburgh's secondary. But I would say they, they did enough that I would I would put some of that, a lot of that, off on them. And then the Seattle game, Seattle game was squarely on the Steelers. Uh, some of it was the coaching decisions, uh, the beginning and the end of the game. Uh, but in large, it was the secondary. That's two games. And then you look at the entire playoffs and everything. You look at 18 games, two of the games. They didn't do well against Manning at the end, and that was kind of the Steelers' MO. They had several games like that where the defense would play well until the very end. I mean, week eight against Cincinnati as well. They had Cincinnati bogged down for most of that game and give up the late touchdown. But, you know, in large, the secondary's issues last year can – there's kind of an alibi. Antoine Blake played with the broken thumb after week six. So, I mean, that affects people, and that certainly affected Blake, who's also a free agent, and I think the Steelers should keep him. But we'll get to that when we have time, if we have time. Um, So, I don't know, and I feel like with with Cortez Allen coming back, if he can do anything, it's better than what he gave the team this year, which is nothing. And Sanquanis Golston, I mean, he was our number two draft pick last year. So, you know, we don't know what he can bring to the table. So, I think the Steelers, when they look at Cortez Allen, they look at, Who's going to come back because they owe him too much money," and no one's going to take that money off their plate? So he's going to come back just because of his financial situation. So you're going to have Cortez Allen back, pending anything crazy happens. Golson's going to be back. William Gay's going to be back. So if we draft a cornerback, where's he? He's not unless he beats out Blake Cockrell. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't see him playing much unless the Steelers get rid of Blake. So, you know, right now, I mean, I don't think he's going to play – he's definitely not going to play against Golston unless he just straight out beats him out. But Golston, from what I hear, has responded really well to his rehab, and he's going to be he's going to be there. But it's also not a terrible idea to have somebody be the heir apparent to gay because I, I could see them signing gay to a one-year, two-year deal at most. So it's not still not a terrible idea to bring in a cornerback and give him a chance to play. Plus, again, injuries happen. You definitely want – a third option, a solid third option at cornerback. As, as as gamely as Antoine Blake played, every single Steeler fan can agree they'd rather have someone else there next season. But I think Blake does enough. He should stay on the Steelers. He's tough. He's good in run support. When healthy, he's a good tackler. His coverage got better at the end of the season. Did well in that Denver game. There were a couple passes uh, on the sidelines where he did very well, pretty much just covering Denver's receivers like a blanket down the seams. He's getting better, and he's young. And I think the biggest thing is, before 2015, when he was thrust into the starting lineup, Blake was a gamer as a a player on special teams. He was very, very good. So, in terms of punt, kick coverage. So, he was a gunner and did a good job. So, uh, I think there's enough. And plus, again, you can get Blake on the cheap, really cheap. I mean, what's it say on his resume? I was a cornerback for the secondary that finished 30th. And I think a lot of those issues, honestly, were, were still the safeties. As good as Mike Mitchell played, he's still getting better. I think it takes a couple of years to gain a rapport with with the fellow safety and the rest of the defense. And, and Mitchell's had to play if they get another safety, which it looks like they're going to. That's three different starting opposite safeties in three years. That's like a quarterback dealing with a new offensive coordinator every year, like a la Cordell Stewart in the nineties. It, it it really uh hurts your chances of thriving with the teeth and your maturation and your growing process. The Steelers just need some continuity in the secondary. I think that's why uh Blake coming back I'm sorry, Gay coming back is a good thing for the for the Steelers. To have some sort of uh calming presence back there to kind of rally the troops or galvanize the troops, keep the communication going when things aren't going their way. So I think you know Steelers definitely going to go cornerback. I think in the first round, if not, then they're for sure going to go uh, safety. And there's plenty of good safeties there for the taking. So I think the Steelers are going to get one of the top three corners or safeties in the 2016 draft. But it, if it was my guess, I think it's going to be Alexander, uh, just because I think that uh, the way Eli Apple played at the combine, he will not be there for the Steelers. I think Alexander will. Um, now let's talk. Let's talk about some offensive line here on the Steelers Morning Podcast. Um, that takes us now to the offensive line. That's the big, uh, another big part of of the Steelers and what's going to happen uh, is trying to solidify the offensive line. They've got several free agents on the line, most notably Ramon Foster and Kelvin Beecham. Now, last week uh, we reported on 24/7 Sports that the Steelers are projected to let uh, Beachum go. Or I'm sorry, let Foster go and decide between uh, Beachum and Villanueva. But but recently. Um, as we get closer to the combine, it seems like Beecham's uh, value on the market is going to be way higher than the Steelers are going to get. They're going to be able to pay. They're not going to get into, I don't think, a crazy bidding war uh, with Beecham. I don't think the Steelers uh, are going to do that. They just have too many other holes to fill. They've got uh, Le'Veon Bell's contract coming up. The thing with the Steelers, it's inevitable. It's just kind of almost kind of like the 1990s, if you remember. The Steelers, every season. Had to pretty much see Yancey Sigpen, all pro receiver, walk out the door. You see their number two receiver, Andre Hastings, walk out the door. You see Chad Brown, who led the team in sacks in 96, walk out the door. I mean, the Steelers, are, you know, that's business in the NFL in the free agency era. You're not going to have uh, the Donnie Shell be there 14 seasons. You're not going to have Jack Ham be there 10 plus seasons. I can go on and on and on for all the guys in the 70s that were there forever, 10 years plus. That's just not today's NFL. So they're, they can't keep Le'Veon Bell, uh, Antonio Brown, Kelvin Beecham. I mean, they can't keep all of these guys. Martavis Bryant is still on a rookie contract. In a few more years, he'll need a new deal, especially if he has a season that I think he's going to have next year. I mean, that guy's 1,000 yards minimum and 10 touchdowns minimum in 2016. It's just – that's just – I mean, he's the Alvin Harper to Michael Irvin, but better. I mean, this guy would be the number one on most other teams. And – I mean, you look back at the 2014 draft. Uh, you know his buddy at Clemson, the guy that played opposite him, Sammy Watkins, was the number one draft pick of the Bills. Safe to say that Martavis Bryant is a better receiver than Sammy Watkins, and Kevin Colbert drafted him three rounds after. And so this guy is playing with a fourth round rookie contract, and Beach was playing with a seventh round uh, rookie contract. And he signed in 2012, and and I have no issues with Kelvin Beachum. When you become an adult, you know you understand that these guys are adults. Uh, they have family. Beecham has a family. And he's a young guy. He's 26. But he also understands in the NFL, 26, that's the average age of an NFL player. When Beecham takes the field next year, he will be 27 and older than the average NFL player. He needs to make money. He ha- has no big contract yet. He's still playing on that rookie one. And that just expired. And he just had a torn ACL injury. So if he's going to make money, this is it. He probably has at most, two contracts left. Most guys don't have the Big Ben contracts that go and go and go. And Ben Durden, I'm not knocking on him. That's just not reality for a lot of these guys. I mean, look at Le'Veon Bell. He's playing on a rookie contract, and he's underpaid. Let's just call it as it is. But he signed that contract, and the Le'Veon Bell's credit, he's not complaining about it at all. He wants to earn it, and he's – this is a contract year for Le'Veon Bell. If he gets injured again, and this is significant amount of games again, now all of a sudden the Steelers have to make a decision, and his value on the market – will also be uh, largely decimated because, uh, you know, you just look at Arian Foster was released this week uh, by the Texans. He's he's pushing 30 years old. He's had issues, more issues than Bell, obviously. But, you know, you get to a point where, with running backs, the shelf life is small. So, uh, you know, but back to the offensive line. So now ESPN has come out, and uh, and I agree. I mean, it's not really rocket science, but they don't think that the Steelers are going to get into a bidding war with Beecham. So the Steelers – uh, coupling that with the fact that they really like Alejandro Villanueva, I think the Steelers are going to let Beecham go, and Villanueva will be the Steelers' starting left tackle for the 2016 season. Again, according to Jeremy Fowler, the Steelers wanted to ask Beecham to move to guard, and Beecham doesn't want to do that, and he would probably have replaced Foster. I think in the Steelers' world, like like perfect world, they would have let Beecham go, or I'm sorry, Foster go, who is also a free agent. Older, thirty years old, and is going to need a, another contract. He won't command the same money as Beecham, obviously, but he's also playing for a new contract. So, a, a nice contract, rather. So, I, I think the Steelers' perfect world—they would have let Foster go, you bring back Beecham, move him to the right guard or just guards, one of the guard positions. So, I mean, obviously Marcus Gilbert's on one of them. So, you know, now all of a sudden you've got, you know, you've got your offensive line set for the next several years. All your guys are in, in their twenties. You know, you've got Pouncy, you got the Castro, you got Villanueva, uh, you know, all, all of that, and Beecham. Uh, but Beecham didn't want to move. Personally, I would have moved Villanueva to guard and put Beecham back to left tackle. But I don't analyze left tackles. I'm not, I'm not Hall of Famer Mike Munchik, so I'm going to trust Munchik when he says I want Villanueva left tackle and I want Beecham to switch positions. Um, Beecham doesn't want to do that, and that's his decision that he doesn't want to change positions midway through his career. And all of a sudden, like, he, he thinks, I mean, left tackles are, are a precious breed of athletes in the NFL. I mean, there's that whole movie The Blind Side about how important it is to, to, to block. I mean, most quarterbacks are right-handed. So if you're the left tackle, you might be the second or third most important position on the football field, especially on offense. I mean, quarterback, uh, the quarterback's best playmaker, skill position player, and then the best, and then the left tackle. And DeVille villain the way admittingly, the start of the year, but by the end of the year, he was just as good as any lineman the Steelers had. And that, I wouldn't go that far, but I would say save DeCastro, he was as good as any other lineman they had. Marcus Gilbert had a very good uh, season, did very well against uh, Von Miller, um, who ended up being the Super Bowl MVP. But, you know, Castro, or Villanueva was playing just as well or close. So, you know, he held his own, and the Steelers want to see what he does going into next year. And, and is a, a, a deal. I mean, I know 525000 is a ton of money for any of us. And I'm sure it, it's, you know, even for Villanueva, it's good money, but not the kind of money that NFL players make, especially a guy that's going to be a starting left tackle. I mean, you look at starting left tackles next year across the board, Villanueva might be the cheapest one out there, or definitely in the bottom five, bottom ten in the league. Um, and, you know, if he does well, this is his last – the Steelers have his – own his rights for one more season. So maybe after this season, uh, the Steelers will uh, give him a, a more lucrative deal because he's only 27. So he's definitely a guy that, that can play three, four more years of, of prime football. And some linemen do very well into their 30s. It just depends on how well their knees have been per- protected and whatnot. I mean, you look at Villanueva, he's 27, but really NFL-wise and just playing football. He had two years in Army. One of those years he was a receiver. They went to Afghanistan and served three tours of duty there. I'm sure his body he definitely took some beating in the army or whatnot, but he wasn't it wasn't the same kind of football contact if that makes sense. So in terms of football physicality, his lifespan, he's definitely younger than most 27 year old linemen. He didn't suffer any knee injuries last year, so I think Villanueva could be the Steelers' solution at left tackle for the next at least the next three years, um, which is definitely longer. Uh, or maybe on par with as long as Beecham is going to play. Beecham's only one year, year younger uh, than Villanueva, so that's kind of where the Steelers stand right now. They're probably going to let Beecham walk. Villanueva is going to be the left tackle, and then that kind of leaves Ramon Foster. ESPN seems to think that they're going to keep Foster. I just I'm not sure. I'm not willing to go there because the Steelers talked to us, to Stanford's uh, right guard coming out uh, in the draft. They talked to him at the combine. Um, the Steelers have talked to. I think several other linemen, so so I don't know. Personally, I, I think it's too early to tell um, in terms of that, but but again, the money they saved with Beecham, they're going to sign and potentially sign a lot of other guys. Um, I would say that Golden comes back. He played well when uh, when uh, Will Allen was injured. He came in in the Charger game and did well, did well against the, uh, Arizona the, the next week. Again, Arizona threw for a lot of yards, but, but in the red zone, the Stewards did a really good job bogging him down, so... That's just kind of my free agent preview. I think the Steelers for safety, they're either going to wait for the draft to get Eric Weddle. I think they're going to go draft. Weddle's 31 years old. Uh, Mike Tomlin does come out. He has come out and said he loves the way Weddle plays and whatnot. But I don't know. I, I just think, I, I just think the Steelers. I definitely think they're going to. They're going to. It's kind of a wait and see approach. This is the nice thing about how the, the draft is uh, after the free agency periods kind of come around for a while. Because I think the Steelers definitely going to see what the interest is in, in Weddle. And they might wait a day or two, kind of like D'Angelo Williams, where they're going to – now, D'Angelo wasn't as high profile as Weddle, which is surprising because Williams was a very good player in his own right in Carolina. But Weddle at one point was regarded as one of the best safeties in football, like right up there with Ed Reed and, and Paul Malu. So um I think, you know, I think Tomlin the Steelers are going to lay back and see uh what the interest is. Again, the Steelers don't get in bidding wars with people. They came in early – offered D'Angelo Williams a, a deal early. D'Angelo signed it. He wanted to play for a winner, and I, I think it could be the same situation with Weddle. I think with Weddle, it just comes down to how how much ball do the Steelers have to play, meaning, you know, how much fighting do they have to do with other teams to get Weddle? If it's, I mean, with D'Angelo, it, from the outside, it seemed like it was an easy, like, done deal. Hey, do you want to come play for the Pittsburgh Steelers and back up Le'Veon Bell and have a chance to start the first couple games of the season while is on suspension? Here you go. D'Angelo said sounds good to me. <laughs> And D'Angelo said, you know, you know, after that, I just want to play for a winner. And he still does. That's why he's back in Pittsburgh. Um, so I think Weddell's kind of said the same things. He has said those similar things, that he just wants to play for a winner. So uh, that could be uh, that could be what the Steelers do. And then they use what draft pick they could have had on a safety, and they go ahead and get that lineman that they want, get that guard that they want. Because I, I don't know, I, I think with I think Beecham is going to get signed pretty quickly. I don't think Foster will. There's always a demand for a starting left tackle in the NFL. An aging 30-year-old right guard, uh, I'm not sure. So I you know, definitely see the Steelers um, doing something, uh, you know, testing the waters, see what they can get for Weddle. And if it's just going to be too much money, then they'll just go the free safety route. Um, but I think either way, when you look at the Steelers draft, they're in a great situation. John Clayton of ESPN said it earlier this week on Steelers.com. I mean, the Steelers need help in the secondary. This is one of the best secondary drafts in a long time. So, you know, the Steelers get Alexander in the first round, and then they get a safety in the second round, or they get wet on free agency and then, get you know, use that pick for guard or tight end with Heath Miller being gone. I just think the Steelers, the possibilities are endless. And I think with letting – if they do decide to let Beecham go, I think that's a good decision. The Steelers will have more money down the road. Uh, Pay Lillian Bell and other guys. Speaking of Bell, we've got four minutes left here on the podcast. Uh, speaking of Le'Veon Bell, um, he actually ran for the first time since his torn MCL injury earlier this week to 23 minutes, which is cool. He dropped his uh, most recent uh, rap track. He actually dropped a full track, not just one song. Throughout the offseason, if you follow him on social media, he's been posting these, uh, you know, some of these songs that he's been producing since he's, his injury. Um, so he actually posted a 10-song track. Um just from reading the comments on the Steelers' website, it's interesting because I, I feel like some people don't like the fact that Bell is spending a lot of time outside of football. My answer is good for him. Uh, maybe, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I was going to say maybe he shouldn't – I don't want to say he's shoving down people's throats as much, but he's not really. He's just – he's honestly he's just posting on his Twitter feed. I mean, we as the media, we are kind of more or less slamming down people's throats. But it's it's cool exposure for him, you know. And this is a guy that got busted for smoking pot, and he, he, it seems, you know, two years ago, and it seems like he stayed out of, out of trouble since then. And sitting around with not much to do, he decided to better himself. And I think this is great because if football doesn't work out for Le'Veon Bell, uh, or, you know, he just isn't going to have the long career, we hope he does. But if he doesn't, hey, he's already dropped the track. He's not the greatest rapper in the world. I'm not necessarily a rapping expert, but <laughs> – if you listen to it, it's, it, but it's good. It's it's good. It's not bad. And uh, you know, I I think that if this is another passion of his, and he has the platform, and and he had he definitely had the time. And the other thing too, I mean, if, if you if you you know follow him on social media, he still shows videos of himself working out. He still shows you know he had, he he'll have, he's a big inspirational quote guy. So he'll have these you know he's these quotes or these sayings like if no one expects any greatness out of me, you know, watch this or you know get ready for this season, or no one wants it more than me. So I think if it was one of those things where if, it, you know, Le'Veon Bell, if he wasn't working out or he didn't seem like he was as excited about coming back next season, um, you know, I, I think that it would be an issue. But I think it's good. I'm happy for him. One other point about Le'Veon Bell, it's probably be the last point of the show as we're approaching two minutes left. The Steelers need to do a better job protecting him. And, and Mike Tomlin's career as the Steelers coach, pretty much every starting running back he's had has had premature careers due to injury. Uh, Willie Parker, um, Rashard Mendenhall, and now maybe Le'Veon Bell. Mike Tomlin has to do a better job protecting him. Some of these injuries are just a uh, freak and you're going to have it. But if you look at the NFL and the way it's going, you have to have a two running back set. Look at Marshawn Lynch. He's retired now at age 29 because the Seahawks ran him into the ground. Ricky Williams, if you go back a previous decade, uh, though, the, 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 you know, and, and this mythical thing, I mean, throughout the, the decade, great running backs had help. Franco Harris had Rocky Blyer, who rushed for 1,000 yards the same season Franco did in 76. Yes, Walter Payton and, and, and a lot of other backs had help. But I think, you know, you look at the 2005 Steelers, I mean, look no further than that team. And then even look at the '08 Steelers when Bell was, or uh, uh, Parker was kind of on a decline. The Steelers used more than one running back. So I think the Steelers need to help Le'Veon Bell. They have the best backfield in football with Todman, with Toussaint, with Williams, and Le'Veon Bell. Yes, Le'Veon Bell should still get 60%, 70% of the carries, but take away a third of his workload. Who cares if Le'Veon Bell only runs for 800 yards and 500 receiving if he gets to play an extra six or seven seasons? You know, I think when, when – when look at the Patriots. They had, you know, Kevin Falk for all of those seasons. Le'Veon Bell is definitely way better than Kevin Falk, but Falk was a very – a productive player on three Super Bowl championship teams and a team that reached a fourth Super Bowl. So I think it's for the Steelers' best efforts to not pretty much run Le'Veon Bell into the ground next season and to use the other running backs that they have to prolong Bell's career and get the most out of the other running backs that they have. That's going to do it for this edition of the Pittsburgh Steelers Morning Podcast. We hope you enjoyed it, and we hope that you stick around and stay tuned for the other ones we have coming up next week and that you all have a great weekend. So once again, signing off, this is Brian is saying have a wonderful weekend, and it's a great day to be a Steelers fan.